Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And today, we are going to be talking about uh, The Keys of Marinus, which is a first Doctor story. His fifth one, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it is the second story written by Terry Nation. Yes. The first being The Daleks. Yes. Um, and... Uh, this is one of only two stories that he wrote that didn't feature the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also our second William Hartnell Terry Nation story in a row. Um, <laughs> oh, the I last one we did, yeah, the last one, last William Hartnell story we did was uh, uh, what was it? Dalek, Dalek, Dalek invasion of Earth. Yeah. I kept wanting to say, I kept wanting to say, Daleks take Manhattan. I don't know why. It's not like uh, he wanted to do that one. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah. Oh, right, because there is a Daleks take. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I was well, literally then- just wanting to call it Daleks take Manhattan, and I was not recalling the episode in which they actually take Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, that's, I'd forgotten that's, about that. We all did. That's unfortunate. Did. That is unfortunate. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. Uh, yeah. So we're talking about Keys of Marinus. Before we do that. I want to remind everybody that we're from MindRubber.net, the home site of MindRubber Productions, where we talk about all of the things on podcasts. Uh, like this one, The Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Doctor Who, and then our Mothership flagship podcast, uh, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about everything else. And if you like our shows, you should review them uh, on iTunes, because that helps us. And if you have questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at podcast at MindRubber.net. And if you want to start a discussion, you can add it to the comments on the website, mindrobber.net, so everyone can know what you're thinking. All right, Matt, uh, what's the background significance for this one? Uh, Well, it's a couple things. Like you said, it's the fifth story, so it's still really, really early Doctor Who. Um, It's also, like you said, the second Terry Nation story and also... The first of only two he ever wrote that didn't feature the Daleks. Uh, so it's interesting to look at it from that perspective. Uh, it was the I think the most interesting thing about it is it was commissioned early, early in the Doctor Who run because they re- the, the production team really liked what Terry Nation had done with the Daleks. And so they rushed this story into production when the, when the other one fell through. Uh, and it was written very quickly. And to necessitate the quickness, I suppose, or to make it faster, they... Terry Nation, with the help of script editor David Whitaker, created a structure in which each story is like a standalone sort of story adding up to a larger whole, so it's very anthology almost. Uh, they they 
play with it a little bit later, but more than anything, like each episode is its own little mini story as the TARDIS crew searches for these keys of Marinus. It's also the first story to not feature the Doctor in two episodes, because uh, now that they, the show got a green light to do, uh, you know, like something like 40-something episodes in a, in a year, they had to give people time off, and because William Hartnell was the oldest, they gave him two episodes where he did, where he just doesn't appear. Uh, they would eventually go on in the next story to not feature Susan for an episode, and then uh, Barbara would get two episodes off of the sense rights, and it, they would just start rotating through people. So it's interesting for that, and it you know it I, I, I like it, <laughs> I like it in theory a lot more than I like it in practice because there's parts of it that are just so boring. But in terms of like just trying to do cool things, I think it accomplishes stuff. It's also the only st- uh, Doctor Who story written, or not written, but directed by uh, John Gorey. So that's that's something, I guess. I don't know. I think he does fine. Uh, so yeah, that's that's really what it is. It's just like a big six-part sci-fi romp uh, that is a lot more fun to just put on in the background than to actually watch. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's really the keys of Marinus. It's a, it's a, it's interesting. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Is it interesting? Uh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we do that, I want to remind everybody that uh, we're sponsored by InStockTrades.com, and this month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our book of the month uh, for. April, that's what month this is. April <laughs> 2012, uh, Scud, the Disposable Assassin, the whole shebang trade paperback by Rob Schrab and Dan Harmon, which is available for only $18.59 on InStockTrades.com. That's 38% off the suggested retail price of $29.99. It's 786 pages Jesus. of comics for less than 20 bucks. Go get it, and remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping, so thanks to InStockTrades.com. Go there and buy some comics. Yeah, man. Comics. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're going to do this a little differently. We're not going to quite just openly discuss it, but we're just going to sort of give like a quick synopsis of each episode, and then just talk about our thoughts, because otherwise this will take forever. And we don't want this to go on forever. We really don't. We really don't. Right. We have other um, things to do. Right. So, basically, um, uh, we get the first part, and uh, the Tyrus crew appear on the planet Marinus. They run into this guy. He's like, hey, I'm not going to let you guys leave. And they're like, what? Why? And he's like, I need these keys, and you guys are going to go get them for me. And they're like, well, we weren't doing anything anyway. So then they leave. That's the first <laughs> episode. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of setup. <laughs> that's literally the first episode. So 25 minutes of what I just told you. That's what the first episode was. He gives him little watches like Captain Jack Harkness has. Right. And it ends on the worst cliffhanger ever, which is I, – I, I'm so – I don't know. I've, I feel like I've seen it forever, although I can – the only other example I can come up with is Castro Valva. But the, the cliffhanger to episode one is literally they find Barbara's transport, teleportation watch and – Ian just goes, there's blood on it. And I'm just like, ugh, what a terrible, like, <laughs> it's not enough, it's not enough that it's her watch and she's nowhere to be found, because God knows she can't get anywhere without this watch, but <laughs> it's like, it's like, there's blood on it. 
great. I'm I'm proud of the blood. I guess it just it's dumb. It's dumb. It is. Uh, I will but, say though that um, one of my favorite uh, like quick gags in the movie Iron Man is when uh, uh, Tony Stark takes his time getting back to the airplane and because uh, he's been working on stuff. This is like near the beginning of the movie when they're going to fly over to Iraq or wherever they he ends up getting kidnapped. I forget what the country middle, it was The Middle in. East. It was Middle East. Yeah, generic Middle Eastern country. Yes. Uh, um, and uh, Rhodey is waiting. Middle East yeah, <laughs> Middle East. <laughs> and uh, Rhodey is like waiting for him at the plane. At the plane, and he's like, he he like Tony Stark shows up in his car, gets out, starts walking toward the plane, and like the whole time, Rhodey is like complaining at him, like rah 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 rah. You're so irresponsible. I've been waiting for you forever. Blah 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 blah. And then uh, Tony Stark walks right past him and goes, waiting on you now, and then just gets on the plane. And, like, I don't know. Like, that always struck me as really funny because yeah. it's true, <laughs> but funny because <laughs> um, it's, like, such a douchey thing to say. And, uh, you know, funnily enough, uh, something like 45 years before that movie, Hartnell does the exact same thing because <laughs> – because they're at one point in this episode, they're trying to get back to the TARDIS, and uh, Barbara and Ian show up at the at the TARDIS, and they're just like, "Where's Where's Susan and the Doctor?" And uh, Ian's just like, "Oh, he's old, and they're taking forever." And so they start they have a conversation for a little while, and then finally the Doctor and Susan show up, and and the. And literally, it's the same thing. Like they're just like they're just like God. You're old. Take forever. And the doctor like passes them by. He's just like, well, waiting on you now. <laughs> I'm like that's awesome. Um, well, William Hartnell, he was a comic genius in his day. <laughs> he was. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, it's I don't know. I like the Vord. The Vord are these like. Only in the first and last episode, they're the people who want the keys, and they're they wear big black <laughs> rubber wetsuits and uh-huh. flippers on their feet. And I, I don't know. I like them. I just wish they weren't. So uh, how do I say this? Created by Terry Nation? Because <laughs> you can tell that Terry Nation creates them. It's just like, eh, not as cool as the Daleks. And then just kind of disregards them for mm-hmm. the rest of the show. Um, and it's eh, it's unfortunate. And Arbitan, Arbitan's a dick. Like he's like He's like, will you help me? And they're just like, mm, no. And then they go all the way back to the TARDIS. And Arbitan's just like, well, I made you walk out there just to prove to you that you can't leave. <laughs> Until you help me. And it's like, what a dick move. Like, yeah. <laughs> what a dick move. Um, but yeah, nothing happens. Uh, no, not at all. It's, no. The, it's, the, I will say that the, uh, the Vord remind me of... Um, Black Manta. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder which came first. I don't know. Well, they this told... was 60... This was six, early, early, early 64. And Tom... Sorry, I only know it because of Tom vs. Aquaman. Tom vs. Aquaman is, like, in the 50s. So they must have come out about the same time. Hmm. Yeah. Weird. Weird. I'd imagine so. Let's see. Aquaman Wikipedia page <laughs> says... That Aquaman was created in 
1941. <laughs> but Black Manta didn't show up for a long time, so... Oh, okay. Who knows? Who knows? Well, I'll but, figure that out. Yeah. Well, and while, while I say this, uh, so yeah, there's five keys of Marinus. Arbitan saved them a step because he has the first one, and he already sent out two people to go find the others, uh, and there's, there are five of them, and they need to go find the other four. So it's basically like a video game structure. Mm-hmm. Black Manta, 1967. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Doctor Who does things earlier. Mm-hmm. More, than, mm-hmm. more often than not, Doctor Who beats things. You betcha. That's impressive. That is impressive. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the board are the board are like really cool visually, but they just don't do anything. So that's episode one. Yep. <laughs> episode two. For episode two, the the Tardis crew arrive. At okay. This... Uh, before you talk about what episode two, what the what the what the what the plot of episode two is. What let's let's just let's just. Talk about what it's really about. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. And what episode two is really about is basically that women are not allowed to do anything before men do it so that they can protect them. <laughs> That's what this is about. Because literally, Barbara and Susan have a conversation where Barbara's just like, God, I wish Ian would, would stop being such a guy. And Susan's like... Well, I don't know. I think it's kind of sweet that he wants to protect us. And she's like, whatever, stupid men. And then she proceeds to get kidnapped and into trouble every time she separates herself from Ian for the rest of the episode. (laughs) Oh, Terry Nation. Yep. Oh, Terry Nation. (laughs) Yep. Also, brains with eye stocks. Which which is great. I will... Uh Uh, that is that is why I watch Doctor Who. That's Which beautiful. go limp when they get killed. <laughs> exactly. And it's not like when, 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 when Barbara kills them, it's not even like she's hitting the glass because they can't afford to break the glass. Yeah. So she's just like whacking the table, which is really They funny. can afford to break one glass, <laughs> which may or may not have been an accident, honestly. <laughs> it was one of those things where like Jacqueline Hill like – broke the glass was just like oh i gotta be more careful about this like in the take because they can only <laughs> afford one take or something yeah that's great that's great but yeah it, basically the whole episode is the doctor ian and susan arrive at this like like it's like a roman sort of villa i guess and it's wonderful and barbara's there and she's like oh guys take a load off it's great and they'll give you everything and <laughs> and then they're like, oh, this does sound great. Let's forget looking about this key for a while. So it's not like they waited a while. They, like, dropped it after, like, ten minutes. Um, mm-hmm. So so they're like, oh, we're going to hang out. And then uh, the Dr. Bar- no, not, not Barbara. The Dr. Ian and Susan. There's so many people, it's hard to keep track. Uh, they get mind-controlled by this culture. And they're just like, oh, this is great. We like being here. And Barbara's like, you guys are crazy. And goes and runs away and eventually figures out that it's brains and jars that are controlling the society. They smash the brains and jars. They meet two friends named Altros, Altos and Sabitha? It doesn't matter. Let's... Let's just be completely honest. <laughs> it doesn't matter. No, she doesn't do anything. Uh, Neither of them do. Really. Right. So he and her go, they're like, oh, we're the ones who Arbitan set out, but we failed in the first jump. 
So, mm-hmm. so they uh, they have the key, and then they all teleport to the next place where uh, Susan is attacked by sound. They um, teleport to the next place, and this is the point where the doctor's like, "Yeah, I'm going to go my own way on vacay. I'll see you guys later." <laughs> yeah, and just disappears for two episodes. Yep, like just just gone. <laughs> two solid episodes with no doctor, which <laughs> it's a weird choice. Yeah. Uh, so. So it's a, it's a fine episode. I don't mind this one. I think it's like it's weird because the the one part story it's 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 hard because you never get to see Doctor Who like classic Doctor Who do a one part story, mm-hmm. and it's almost like it moves along at a fine clip. Like this would, I mean, it you could do this as a two part story, but it moves along fine. It's just very rushed as well because. You know, Barbara is in their thrall, then not in their thrall, and then captured, not captured, blah, 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 and then she kills some brains. It's very fast. And other than that, not much happens. Except, actually, my favorite part of this whole episode is when, for some reason, they're like, we need to fill more time. So they have a scene where the doctor and Ian walk into an empty room, and because they're conditioned by the society to see whatever they see... They're like, oh, it's a room full of scientific wonderment. And the doctor holds up a mug and goes, if only I had this, I could fix the TARDIS forever. <laughs> Instead of taking it and having it wear off later, he's just like, oh, okay. But it's, I thought, like, watching it, I was just like, oh, that is a great moment of, like, witty comedy that I really enjoyed. But <laughs> yeah. other than that, it's not much. <laughs> it's not much. Uh, so episode two ends, yeah, with, um, Susan teleporting away first into their next place, the next level of the video game that is the Keys of Marinus. Um, (laughs) and, uh, the forest is screaming, I'm sorry, the jungle is screaming, and then she screams, and then the episode ends. (laughs) And then we get into, uh, episode three, and there's a screaming jungle. And everybody else shows up, and of course, as soon as they show up, it stops screaming, so then everybody thinks Susan's crazy. Um, well, she is. She's a well, psychopath. Well, that's neither here nor there. Exactly. Um, so, uh, this one is just like... Uh, I mean, at one point, like the... Well, basically, the jungle's alive, and uh, there's a... Uh, there's a... Uh, what are those things called? Uh, what am I thinking? Like An a dungeon? Idol? A dungeon? Well, there's an idol, but I mean, what? Where do they end up? It's like a dungeon or a? It's like a lab. Lab. I don't okay. Know. I don't anyway, know. like, well, the thing that they end up going into. Um, right. Anyway. Yeah. So the screen. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Um, it's, yeah. It's, this it's is. Not, I, it just uh, Susan almost gets raped by trees. Um, <laughs> Evil Dead style. Uh, I mean, it's not... This isn't... There's a lot of rape in uh, Keys and Marinus. Um, Yeah. Or attempted rape. Yeah, attempted rape. Attempted rape. Uh, More on that later. Um, Oh, Oh, yes. (laughs) So, anyway, so Barbara sees the key... Oh, this is the episode about about women empowerment and everything. Okay. It's this one. (laughs) Not the previous one. Because, see, what happened was because... Because Barbara saved the day at the end of Velvet Web, um, she, like, gets it in her mind that they don't need Ian. <laughs> and this episode is all about showing why Ian is a man. <laughs> and he needs to take care of his women. Which, um, which is true. 
which is <laughs> I mean if you watched it the guy the guy literally pried open a prison cell yeah with his, literally with his bare hands yeah with his yeah. bare hands this yeah so basically this is just like every turn Barbara is getting into trouble that's what this is. She finds an idol that has the key in it. So she goes to grab the key, and then the idol grabs her, and the wall spins around. Uh, and then they're like, oh, man, what are we going to do? And Ian's like, well, she could have used her, her watch thing and teleported out of there if she was in danger. So you guys go to the next level of the video game, and I'll stay here and go get in. Go get inside and look for her. And then if she's not in there, then I'll meet you guys in the next level. So they leave um, to the two random townies from from the last episode and uh, and <laughs> Susan. Susan. Um, and then Ian goes in and he's just like, "All right, so I'm going to do exactly what she did." And then he does it and it spins a round. And then he goes in there and then there's booby traps everywhere. In this temple thing. Temple, that's the word I was looking for. Oh. <laughs> temple <laughs> temple museum place um, thing. It's basically like a really cheap Indiana Jones movie. Like, yeah, basically. That's, yeah. that's really what this episode is. Yeah. yeah. So there's like a bunch of traps and stuff and uh, – uh, <laughs> they find a door. Him. They're like, they're like, well, and then he, he, well, okay. So Ian runs into Barbara, and, and then they're like, well, what should we, where should we go next? And Ian's like, well, there's that door. We should, I mean, might as well just start there. It's a door, right? So they go over to it. They can't get it open. So then she's like, hey, I saw some some metal rods over there. So he's like, oh, okay. And he goes over to the metal rods, and the door opens, and she's like, um, Ian. He's like, hold on a minute. I'm looking at these rods. And he's like meticulously going through the rods, trying to find the perfect one that'll pry the door open. Um, he hits a he hits something uh, like a jail cell falls down around him, and mm-hmm. she goes through the door, and then a net falls on her, and then like sharp pointy things start falling from the ceiling, and he tries. He, she's calling for help, and he's prying through the through the jail cell with his bare hands to get to her and uh this hooded old hooded guy comes in and turns off the ceiling and it's just it's just a bunch of booby traps and stuff basically um yeah. they figure out that the uh the key that they found earlier on the on the idol was a fake key and they, so now they're going through the temple to find the real key and uh yeah that's it and then they find it in a jar of stuff, and the other yeah. guy dies, and the forest creeps in. It's uh, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's uh, this is. I mean, this episode was literally the the Barbara and Ian show. Oh yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Quite literally the Barbara and Ian show. Um, right. and then it ends with them uh, teleporting into an icy wasteland. Oh yes, the icy wasteland, and then they they. <laughs> <laughs> give up very quickly. Because... Oh yeah, they're like, oh god, it's so cold, we're gonna die. <laughs> I mean, it was literally that. They're just like, well, <laughs> might as well sit this down <laughs> because you don't want to die standing up, am I right? <laughs> let us let us spread out that our heat might <laughs> that our heat might you know be held in closer. It's <laughs> the prevailing wisdom of that. Oh, but god. yeah. It's up. I mean, it's like uh, the Screaming Jungle, like the, the episode three. It's not like it's a bad episode. I'd say it's just like all of these are designed to be purely entertaining, and 
like you know kind of like almost throwaway episodes just like and eh, look have a good time so I, I don't mind it from that I mean if you go for the deep meaning of what the jungle weeds mean they don't they don't really mean anything mm-hmm. uh, but it's a Terry Nation story so thematically <laughs> they're they're either lacking or hitting you over the head <laughs> with you know war is bad um, yeah since there's no war there's not much to talk about. Uh, so they escape. <laughs> that's like that's it. I mean, I don't know. I for one, I'm a big fan of booby traps because I think they're so ridiculous. Because um, like, if you if you think about how much planning needs to go into a booby trap, it's really absurd. Like that's like it's like the second that you start applying real world mechanics to Home Alone, Home Alone completely falls apart. But that doesn't mean it's not fun. Because- right. Because Kevin McAllister, man, that guy should design board games when he's an adult. And that's mm-hmm. not, like, an insult. That's, like, a thing he should do. Like, mm-hmm. Mousetrap is, like, his game. Um, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, it's, like, so I like that. And, I mean, from a pure, like, eh, it's fun perspective, Screaming Jungle is fun. Uh, but I think I like Snows of Terror more. If for no other reason than because it has some cool imagery and my favorite moment in the whole goddamn story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, uh, so you know, Barbara, wake up from passing out in the cold because that's what you—that's the smart thing to do. Um, they, <laughs> they pass they, out in the cold and they wake up to uh, the the lumberjack ra- rapist. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the lumberjack rapist. His name's Vaser. Vaser. Vasor. I don't know. Vasor. Okay. I- um, he's a lumberjack. It's an overly rapist. sci-fi name for a guy who's not very sci-fi. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so, first up, he's very suspicious of them. Um, although it probably should be the other way around, as we soon find out. Um, and, uh, Ian's like, hey, we're cold. And he's like, hey, I don't care. <laughs> And Ian's like, well, I mean, you have all these extra furs and stuff. And he's like, he's like, whatever. You got money? I'll take money. Because, you know, like, valuable things mean something in an icy wasteland. <laughs> I don't know who he's going to sell valuable things to, but whatever. Anyway, he's like, hey, that watch you got there looks valuable. How about you give that to me? So Ian hands it over and he gives him some furs. Um, Which is the stupidest thing you can do. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. If 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 your one mode of transportation is a watch that can teleport you, mm-hmm. don't don't give it up. Find anything else you can sell and sell that. Don't sell your livelihood. It's like the doctor selling the TARDIS because he's hungry. That's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yep. <laughs> it's a big wooden box. It can keep you warm at the night. <laughs> oh god yeah not not smart so <sighs> Vasor, whatever his name is sends ian out to go to the nearby town where he says that the one dude is the altos or whatever his name is and ian goes out leaving Vasor along to try and rape barbara which is a very fairly shocking scene mm-hmm. um uh but well uh, I don't, I don't, I don't feel the need to discuss that yet. Uh, and so Ian goes out and finds Altos just knocked unconscious in the snow, and he's like, "Oh, this is 
this is bad. And, and how'd you get here? And, and Altos is like, oh, that one dude totally put me here. And Ian's like, that's not good. And then they hear wolves. And, and the guy's like, the guy, and Altos is like, wait, why are there wolves? And Ian's like, they're probably hungry. And they realize that in Ian's bag, Ver, uh, Vasor put like a steak. So, so the wolves will hunt him. And then Ian's like, well, screw this. And he gets what what is my second favorite moment in the whole episode where Ian just takes the the bag and throws it and then you hear the sound of a wolf cry, which only leads me to believe that Ian hit a wolf with a backpack. Um <laughs> because you just hear Oh and it's kinda of funny. Yep. Uh so they Vasor go back is the worst. Yeah, he is not great. Uh, <laughs> he's like Vasor is like um uh what what is his name? Uh the you know like the like the fat bearded guy in the Indiana Jones movies and he was in uh Sliders. Sala? Sala. Sala. He's like yeah. evil Sala. <laughs> <laughs> He's totally yeah. evil Sala. Yeah, that's Look about that's, that's about right. Um <laughs> So they go back to they go back to Vaser's house and Vaser's like, I put the women up in a cave somewhere. Why? I don't know. To rape them. Um, oh, oh right, that's his rape cave. Um, yeah, that's his so, rape cave. So so he go so they're like, All right, we're going and you're coming with us and Vaser's like, oh, Okay. So they go out to this <laughs> cave and they get there, they find uh the two girls, Susan and the other one. And they're just like, oh, good for you. They run across a bridge, and then Vasor pulls the dickest move I've ever seen, where his move is literally like, ah ha ha. He picks up the bridge, because it's like a drawbridge attached to like two sides of a cavern, and just kind of drops it. Um, yep. And goes, ha 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 ha. And, and then leaves. And leaves. <laughs> and then they're just like, like, well, we can't jump across. It's too far, <laughs> so let's just go into the ice cave. And then they. They find the ice soldiers and the key frozen in ice. And they're like, all right, great. Uh, so they uh, they get the key and uh, defeat the ice soldiers and escape. And then they go back to Vaser's house and show up. And Vaser's like, what? No. How could you? Why are you? Ah! Like, he just freaks out. Like, he can't <laughs> understand what they're doing there. He's like, no, I I tore the bridge. How are you here? And and he freaks out and then runs from his place and then hears the wolves and then runs back inside and shuts the door and is like, you guys aren't leaving unless you save me from the wolves. And they're like, uh, no, seriously, we're just going to go. And he's like, I'm seriously going to kill Susan. They're like, oh, man. And then they're like, no, no, you're not. They managed to get free for two seconds and just teleport away. Yep. <laughs> Which is- and Vasor is killed by the ice soldiers. When they Which break is into great. the cabin, yeah, because they just they he like they stab him from behind or whatever. It's like one of those moves. Yeah, I I love the ice soldiers. I think that I mean it's not the sort of villain I want to see again, but like in terms of sheer throwaway imagery, the idea of you know frozen soldiers just hanging out is pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and props, you know, props to Terry Nation for doing that. But I love what I love about the fact that after they have the key, they like run out of the ice cave and. And back to Vasor's house is there is no reason to go back to Vasor's house. There's there's no reason. Their reasoning to go back is just to be dicks and be like, "Hey, what up, bro?" And then they teleport out. Like yep. they could have teleported out the second they have the key. Which yeah, I mean, no, there was absolutely no reason for them to go back to his house 
other than the fact that Terry Nation wanted to kill him for <laughs> for for attempting to rape Barbara and for putting Susan and the other chick in the rape cave. Right. Exactly. And yeah. Here's the rule. Don't have a rape cave. I mean, yeah. I think that's the, the lesson that we should learn don't, from this. Don't have a rape cave with a throwaway bridge and yet have another exit strategy. <laughs> exactly. Because the strat. Oh, God. I forgot that the strategy was like, oh, here's a random piece of timber that's just long enough to go over the, over the, over the chasm. We're going to have Susan crawl over it. That's Man, like the it's worst. so lucky there is that, that, that piece of timber just long enough in the frozen ice cave <laughs> i was so lucky oh man this and it's not frozen man. anything so lucky i mean yeah, really well, the odds of that man well that's that's his rape timber i mean that's his rape t- oh jesus that, i think that's i think that's what that's for so anyway uh, they move on to the next level and ian discovers that there's a key in a display case and there's a dead dude laying on the floor but then suddenly he gets knocked out by some other guy that you don't see. And then he frames Ian for the murder and then takes the key and leaves. Yeah. And then that's where we're left. Um, and then episode five is the trial. Uh, because apparently on this planet, um, you are guilty until proven innocent. <laughs> because that's uh, this is opposite land. That's where they're at. They're in opposite exactly. land. Right. Um. So the doctor shows up to be Ian's defense attorney, and this is a really, really boring court case about why Ian is innocent. <laughs> Which he clearly is. Clearly is, yes. Uh, but also, also, they have to prove without a shadow of a doubt that he's innocent. Which, Which is, means if he's even <laughs> if there's even the slightest chance that he could be guilty, they're going to kill him. That's how I this never, world that's how the world works in opposite land. Right. Well, you know, I never really considered how important the innocent until proven guilty rule is, but this this world really proved it because <laughs> it's basically like, hey, that bitch stole from me. And it's like and it's like, did she? It's like, yeah, no, she did. We need to kill her. All right. <laughs> okay. You have proof? No. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. They're guilty. Yeah, it's literally like he had this thing stolen. Was it you? No. What were you doing? I was at home by myself. So you have no way of proving that, that that's what you were doing. Well, no, but I didn't steal anything. Too bad. Got to die. <laughs> did You're going to die because this guy said that you did it. So, <laughs> Did we find it at your place? No. Well, still could have been there. We just didn't look hard enough. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to bother to because really we've got other things to do. Okay. <laughs> They'll just hurry up and die so I can get the paperwork done by lunch. Yeah. So this episode and the next half of the next episode is basically just one big long trial where they have to prove that Ian is innocent. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, I mean, Hartnell's great. I mean, I don't know. Hartnell is really good in this episode. I'll I'll say that. Uh, He is. He comes back. Like, the scene where he's acting everything out is really phenomenal. Uh, Mm -hmm. The vacation did him well. Oh, definitely. Uh, he's very, like, it's so much more energetic than he just, like, not that he wasn't, but it's just really, you're right, it kicked him into high gear. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really great. But the other thing that's great is there's this kind of douchebag dude named Aiden who's a guard who's, like, like he's one of the co-conspirators, and he is 
so bad at pretending things are the way they are. Like, <laughs> he's, he is so bad. He is one of those guys who literally is just like, <laughs> did you steal the cookies? Like, no, I was nowhere near the cookie jar when I stole it. Like, that's basically... <laughs> Like, his version of defense, and it's, like, really funny to watch, because, I mean, it doesn't help that the guy's not a great actor. Fine. He's not a great actor. But he does hit his wife at one point, which is weird. And he just, he's like, he's like, the doctor's like, I have the key right here, because whoever has the key is, or the fake key is the culprit. And the doctor's like, I have the key right here. And the doctor's just lying. Like, just flat-out lying. And, and and Aiden just stands up in the middle of the courtroom and goes, That's impossible, because I... Um... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just, it's like, it's so, it's so awful. Uh, and then it ends with Susan being captured and mm-hmm. held hostage for no reason. So mm-hmm. that happens. Um, and then we go into the next ta- the the Keys of Marinus part six, and we solve the Ian thing. I mean, we really don't need to talk about how. No, Just know it, that it gets solved. Well, here's the thing: Ian's innocent. They figure out that he's innocent, and they prove that he's innocent. That's yep. basically what happens. And that's half. Of, that's the half of this episode for the first half. Um. And then they go back to Marinus with all the keys. Um, or with the last key, I guess. Right. Um, and then uh, they just, you know. They end it. It's very. They, they end it's it, very, yeah. It's very simple. I mean, the solution is. I mean, the solution is clever for no other reason because I was watching it and I was like, Ian, don't be dumb. Because the, the doctor gives Ian the final key. Uh, and the Vord have the other f- three keys that they found because they sent Altos and what's-her-name forward, and they got captured by the Vord, and the Vord took over the city. So the Vord are in control, and the Vord have all the keys but one. So Ian gets the key, <laughs> and uh, Ian gives the key over to the Chief Vord because the Chief Vord is doing the worst impersonation of anyone I have ever seen, which is like dressing up in a robe and saying, no, don't come here. I'm, I'm sick. I can't be near, <laughs> be near you. And Ian's like, all right. And then the guy, and then the evil Vord King is like, uh, just drop the key on the floor. And Ian's like, all right. And then just walks out and Barbara and, and Susan, like Susan to her credit just goes, Ian, you really shouldn't have done that. And Ian's like, eh, it's fine. And then the doctor goes, did you do that? And Ian's like, yeah, I totally did that. And and the doctor's like, well, now you gave them the power to take over the world of Marinus, which we don't really care about. And he, Ian's like, oh, never mind, LOL, JK, I gave him the fake key that I got from the, the second or third episode. And they're like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. And then the girl's like, it's going to explode. And then it explodes. And then it's over. And then they leave. I mean, and then they're, and then they all say, "Oh, Ian, you're so wacky." And then they laugh, and then it freeze frames, and then you get credits. <laughs> and then Susan jumps in the air. Yeah, which is, I mean, completely inappropriate for the time. Uh, uh, so, and then. You know, where it just has, like, the big, like, lead-up music, and then it just yeah. goes on for too long. Yeah, and that's the Keys of Marinus. Um Which is okay. It's not great. It's not... It's not great. 
But what was the thing that you were talking about? How they they the TARDIS lands on a thought or something? Oh, that's in the chase. Oh, that's in the chase. I thought that was in yeah. this. Okay. Yeah. I kept no, no, waiting no, no, no. for it to happen in this, and then it didn't. Well, it's not that. Um, it's not that it really lands on a thought, but you can watch it and be like, "Oh, that's where that came from." Oh, <laughs> I see. Okay. It's a little. It's a little weird. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that eventually. But yeah, this is. It's fine. I think I like it more in my head than I like it in execution. Because uh, God, the trial stuff is boring. Um, oh man, is it boring? <laughs> I don't know which was more boring, court martial or the trial here. But court martial, without a doubt, because court martial didn't have the doctor. <laughs> right. Fair enough. <laughs> Especially. Oh, that was my other thing. Is like the doctor's like, I'm gonna be your defense counsel, and my literal reaction to that when I'm watching it is like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me, doctor, that in the time between when we last saw you and the time we see you now, you passed the bar exam of Marinus? Is that what just happened? Because that's pretty badass. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Is he like really allowed to practice law? And then they're just like, in backwards town, anyone can represent anyone so long as you want to. <laughs> Which I think is cheap. I think it should have just been like the question of when did the doctor get his law degree? Because that's a great sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because it would be awesome because he'd be like, oh, yeah, I left for 100 years. <laughs> I came back. Like, you could have totally. That's totally what Stephen Moffat would have done nowadays. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> we don't need to see those 100 years ever. No. Um, it's fine. But yeah, it's uh, it's a good it's a, it's I don't know I think it's I think it's fun it's boring in places but I mean I applaud them trying something different because it's very I mean in terms of sheer video game structure this is way ahead of its time sure uh, I like else. I like parts two three and four definitely it's, it's one five and six I mean one's not so bad it's just like when it's done you're like wow that nothing really happened. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. but I mean other than that one's not so bad either. But like two, three, and four are good. It's just five and six that they do nothing for me. Yeah, it's it's textbook Doctor Who slow, really. I mean, yeah, that's really all it is. And, but you know, good set pieces in two, three, and four. Like that's really where I come at. Like the ice soldiers alone are like the sort of thing that I still think of whenever I think of Keys and Marinus. I always go to ice soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's so freaking cool and iconic. Sure. Uh, and that's, uh, yeah. So that's Keys of Marinus. Terranation, I almost say, he really needs the Daleks. I'd say he really does need the Daleks to, to do a good story. Sure. Because his other story without the Daleks is also not very good. So we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Yay, I think. <laughs> um, so... Before we move on, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you can get from a local comic book shop you could get from DCBService.com. But because you're placing you're, – you're pre-ordering everything through their site, um, you, get, you can get monthly discount specials up to 75% off uh, this month, for example – uh, for release in June, I believe, uh, is uh, the Before Watchmen pack, which is the um, the bundle that includes like the prequel Watchmen series, uh, mm-hmm. Minutemen, Silk Spectre, 
Comedian and Night Owl uh, number ones. You can get all four number ones that come out in June for 75% off, making the bundle of all four issues only three ninety nine. So if you want to try before Watchmen out, uh, I mean, three ninety nine for the Minutemen and Silk Spectre alone is going to be worth it, because um, those are the two books written by Darwin Cook. Uh, Minutemen is also drawn by Darwin Cook, and Silk Spectre is drawn by Amanda Connor. So there's no reason you don't want to read those. Um, oh, I want to read them. Yep. Yep. Um, also speaking and, and, and we'll continue our, our ad in just a second, but speaking of Watchmen and Alan Moore and people refusing to read it cause it's not written by Alan Moore, um, who ripped off other characters to write the thing to begin with. So everybody needs to shut up. Um, but, uh, did you see that picture of him on, from an interview on BBC? No, no. Okay. There's a picture of him and it says, Underneath the picture, it says, it says Alan Moore. And then it says underneath, like, what he's from. It says, uh, comic book writer, wizard, Grizzly Adams lookalike. <laughs> no way. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. Let me see. Hold on. I, I, think, I, I think I retweeted it from uh, over the weekend. Oh, that's pretty great. Did you see it? <laughs> No, especially because he's like, <laughs> he really does. He really is a, a, a grizzly bear lookalike. Let me see here. Sorry, Grizzly Adams. I grizzly apologize. Adams. Oh, here we go. Perhaps the best BBC News caption ever. Uh, oh, there it is. Okay, sorry. Not Grizzly Adams. Alan Moore, writer slash wizard slash mall Santa slash Rasputin impersonator. Holy crap. <laughs> that is great. On BBC News. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. Okay, so anyway, back to our ad. Discount comic book service. Um, also, for uh, a special 50% off price, you can get Spider-Man number one, uh, which is the history-making crossover event, uh, Spider-Man, written by Brian Michael Bendis, in which... The Spider-Man Peter Parker from 616 Universe, the main Marvel Universe, meets the ultimate Spider-Man Miles Morales from the Ultimate Universe, um, and they they have an adventure together. So they're crossing over, which Bendis said would never happen. Yep. Hmm. They sure are. (laughs) Well, we'll talk about that at some point. (laughs) Oh, boy. There's, I mean, the thing is about that, though, yes, he said that would never happen. And I'm sure at the end of the story, they're both not going to remember it um, because that's usually what happens in scenarios like this. But, I mean, there is inherent drama to be had by doing this because, number one, if you went to an alternate universe and found out that you died really young, that's kind of messed up. Number two... Gwen Stacy's still alive, which is pretty messed up. I mean, there's, 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 you know, there's, there's setups for an inherent drama to be had oh, sure. in that scenario. Oh, sure. So I don't know. It I'm might just, be worth checking out. I'm just pulling the comic book collector thing. Just pulling that card. Which is what? Which is how dare, how dare they erase my Marvel universe with the ultimate universe? Oh, <laughs> you know, 
I'm okay with that because I'm much more <laughs> inv- I'm much more invested in the Ultimate Universe. <laughs> so there's that. Um, also, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there, you know, there's there's other um, discounts on like uh, the new Fifty Two hardcovers are starting to come out, and those are coming out at fifty percent off. So. Um, all that stuff you can pre-order from DCPService.com and get awesome discounts. And uh, you can ship as often you, as you like, um, anywhere between a week, like any, anywhere between weekly to monthly shipments. And uh, each shipment just has a flat rate uh, price of $6.25. So pretty good deals and much better deals than you're getting at your local comic book shop. You owe them nothing. Start shopping at DCPService.com. And save money. <laughs> Hooray. Woo. 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 All right. So <laughs> next week, John Pertwee and the Time Monster. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I'm not I'm looking worried. forward to it because I've heard you complain about this one before. Oh, uh, I'm worried. I'm going to try and go in as optimistic as possible. But believe me, I am. I am. It's hard. It's. <laughs> It's really hard because, oh, man. That, I mean, I'm not sure. I think that was, like, before I really started my love affair with John Pertwee, but uh, uh, six parts, master, uh, Atlantis. Uh, we'll see. Oh, we'll it's see the Atlantis episode. Yes. Oh, man. Well, the Atlantis stuff is good. The Atlantis stuff is good. Oh. Now that I think about it, it has a really weird Star Trek ending. Anyways. We'll do that next week uh, and more other fun stuff coming up. Uh, I don't have my list in front of me, but know that it's good. So Mm -hmm. robots after this. Oh, crap. Yeah, that's great. I love robot. Mm hmm. So Mm -hmm. Tom, Tom Baker, Tom Baker fighting neo-Nazis. That's yeah, that's that's basically what you want from Doctor Who (laughs) fighting neo-Nazis and a giant robot. What could go wrong? (laughs) <laughs> what could go uh, toy tanks toy tanks toy um, tanks <laughs> what are you talking about that's not wrong that is only right <laughs> that is all right that is all of the right in the world yeah are the toy uh, well, tanks two weeks two weeks for that we got to get through the time monster first which is going to be interesting mm. um so yeah, that's that's coming up. Uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash gonna get in. You can also follow me at my alternate commentary Twitter account. Kinda botched that. I have not done this in a while. GD commentary where I live tweet stuff like Sunday Trek, which is a thing that we live tweet now on Sundays. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, you didn't miss this one, but eh, you didn't really miss anything. So <laughs> no. forget that. Uh, we were interrupted Woo. last week because of Easter. Uh, apologies, but this week's was not good. Uh, Could you imagine like forcing ourselves to do Sunday Trek on Easter, and that was the episode we got? I would have said, "F it, let's just go eat peeps." Yeah, okay. <laughs> while the episode plays in the background, and then I would have live tweeted the peep. Um, <laughs> so uh, you can follow me there. Uh, that's pretty good. We're also because I have the Caves of Androzani Special Edition DVD now. We need to do a caves watch. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, we'll try and give you some advanced warning and schedule it out in advance. Maybe. I don't know when we'll do it, but it's going to come up. Considering it's going to be our last classic story ever. 
we can do that whenever because that's gonna, yeah. we're not going to do it in on the show for a really long time. Right. Well, yeah, I just I try to do well, I do this thing on the blog where like I try not to watch a story if it's like within 6 months. Like I can't really help it if it's a podcast, but I try not to watch it of my own volition if I'm blogging it within the next 6 months and I'm blogging caves at Christmas, so I want to watch it at least at June. Oh, sh- oh god, we could do it in June. Oh, that's great. We might have to do that. <laughs> That'd be great. Okay. Well, we'll we'll keep you posted on that, but we're going to do Caves of Androzani, which is so good. Um you can also follow me at my blog, which I just mentioned and we'll mention right here, which is classicalgalfrey.blogspot.com where I blog classic Doctor Who. Uh it's been a couple weeks, so you've missed out on some good stuff. Like last week I talked about the Crotons, which is the first ever Robert Holmes story. Uh, which is kind of interesting. It's I think it's not like it's not like the best Troughton story by any stretch, but I think it's in the stronger half of Troughton. Um, it's it's a good one. Like it's just solid, which I kind of wanted, which was really nice. And this week I'm doing the Crusade, which is a First Doctor, Ian, Barbara, and Vicky story about uh, the Crusade. So keep your eyes peeled on the blog for all the good stuff. Uh, only like eight more months to go, which is pretty messed up. So. Wow, yeah, that'll be done. <clears throat> I'll get I'll get my Monday nights back, which is nice because I haven't had those in about three years. Anyways, Scott. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Twitter.com/slash Scott Corelli, Twitter.com/slash Scott Commentary. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have something new to promote in a couple of weeks, but uh, that's in a couple of weeks, so. <laughs> It's not now. It's not now. It's not there. I wouldn't even have anywhere to send you because I don't know where it's going in the future. So probably the website. We'll see. Yeah. Well, that's why we have the website. Yep. 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 Anyways, we'll be back next week. Time Monster. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.